I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. I'm Dean Millard and a proud member of Duckman's Domination, the owner of that team in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. We'll tell you all about this league and this platform As we roll along, but the stars of tomorrow are discovered here, and the director of scouting for TSN, Craig Button, will be along very shortly. He is joining us courtesy of the UFFS hotline, www.uffsports.com is where you need to go if you want to be involved in the most realistic and high-stakes fantasy platform that is out there. These aren't just players on your fantasy team. They're digital assets on the blockchain that are going up in value. Our prize pool is over $50,000 for next year and growing. We're also having an expansion. We mirror almost everything about the NHL, including a really cool scouting program. You could scout the same players that Craig Button and other NHL scouts do check it out where you own the game. Get in the game at www.uffsports.com. On this program, we're going to have a heavy focus of the World Junior Tournament uh, 2021 prospects to look for. We'll finish up our last three Canadian team trips as far as prospects, and we will look at some of the players to be watching when it comes to potential tournament Awards. We're also going to have some fun with some uh, cool trade stories uh, that Craig uh, told in this episode. Uh, I've been receiving a lot of uh, inquiries for Duckman's Domination about a guy named Dante Fabro. So, well, well, Craig has a really funny story about an NHL GM and his reaction to a trade proposal. So, stay tuned for some fun stuff when it comes to uh, Craig Button and, of course, uh, uh, the stories of being a former NHL GM. All right, let's get to it without any further delay and bring in the Director of Scouting, Craig Button. Here he is, the Director of Scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. He's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All 
right, Craig, here we are, so close to the start of this tournament, which starts on Christmas Day. By the way, I really like the Christmas Day start, but that's for uh, another day. Um, I guess, first of all, uh, let's talk about, we're going to kind of focus on the World Junior uh, with this episode, uh, but we also are focusing on the 2021 draft with this show, or the next draft. So maybe who are some of the 2021 draft prospects that you'll be watching in this tournament? Well, I think it, it begins... Uh... You know, it doesn't begin. It begins in a number of places. But, you know, Daniel Shaika, who plays with uh, Russia, I mean, there's no question that, he, in my view, he's a top 10 player. He's, a, he's, a, he's an outstanding prospect. So and he's going to have a prominent role on Russia. There's not going to be any of this. How much will he play? He'll play lots. Uh, then, then you go uh, across uh, to the li- through the lineup of Russia. Kirill Kirsanov, another really good player uh, that's – you know, been a big part of the success of the O2 group and uh, another player that you're going to have to keep a close eye on. And then a, a player that's really taken some steps up in his game that uh, pay attention to him. His name is Ilya Safonov. He's gone through two drafts. He ain't going through this draft. Uh, he's a six foot four centerman that skates and plays really, really well both ways, and and, and really has a, has a really good initiative to his game. And it's an example of you know people say, oh geez, he went through two drafts, or you know where, where's he been? Well, he, maybe he just hadn't developed enough. Maybe he wasn't good enough. Well, once you once you get to that point, people are always watching. I tell young players all the time, keep playing. You you know what. If you're good enough, you're going to find the scout's eyes. I guarantee you that. And so I think you, you know, you go through Russia. You know, those are those are two players that absolutely you have to be watching. Quickly over to the USA, Matthew Beniers. I mean, he he could be a top five pick. He could be a top three pick, uh, and he's going to have a prominent role on Team USA. So, you know, we're talking about top end players. Uh, that, that, that you get a really good close look at and get to examine against uh, really good quality competition. Uh, going over to Sweden, Oscar Olsson. Uh, like Dean, trust me when I tell you when you watch him play, you're going to love watching him play. Now, you, you, do you ever hear the term? Oh, he drives coaches crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, like I, I just wish coaches would be really accepting of uh, you know creativity and flair and. And those Oscar has lots of ability, but he's got lots of uh, entertaining flair in his game. And, you know, I always just say, you know what, like everything you do comes with risk, but also there's reward. And, and I think what Oscar is able to do is, is provide, you know, significant, significant reward uh, to a team. And when, when, when you, when you allow him to be that way, and I know Igor Larionov has talked about it with some of his players, that in the KHL, with the way the game is played and the demands the coaches have on, you know, on them to perform and win, there's not as much uh, allowance for players to be creative. And you know, he, he said he's emphasized that when he had them in November at the Karela Cup. He, he he's emphasized it now. You know, be creative. You know, you know, entertain. The, the game is it's competitive, but you can entertain as well if you're smart. So, you know, those are. Those are a, a, a few of the players. I mean, I mean, you, you, you can look in, in in other places. I mean, I'm still surprised Samuel Havlu 
uh, the goaltender for Slovakia hasn't been drafted. I, I thought I, I was, you know, certain players don't get drafted. You kind of, uh, you, you get a little bit surprised and you go, hmm, why did that happen? And, you know, what's going on there? But, you know, those are, I, I think those are players that are all going to have a, a significant part of their teams uh, and, and be able to, to show to the scouts what, what they're capable of doing. Indeed, and uh, Canadian NHL teams uh, uh, fans have been excited. Uh, We've run through from east to west, and we're uh, with the the last three Canadian teams as we take a look at their prospects in the World Junior. So let's start with the Calgary Flames, and uh, you know a guy I'm going to be really excited about, Connor Zary, because I drafted him in the uh, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. So I'm interested in uh, in that player. But Flames fans have a few other guys as well. Well, they do, and, you, you, you know, Connor Zary and Jacob Peltier. You know, a coach at this tournament, you know, they want, they want flexibility uh, in the roster. And, they, they, you know, it's one thing to say as a player, as a player oh, I'll play any role. You got to mm. embrace the role, and you got to be ready to do everything that role requires. Connor Zary and Jacob Peltier are absolutely uh, going to do that, and there's no question that, uh, you know, they are – they are going to find their way in different spots for Andre Jordany and, and Team Canada. Jan Kuznetsov, I talk about Russia. He, he, he's a big, strong, competitive defenseman. You know, he might even be lowercase Robin Regeer. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you watch him play and, you know, th- th- that won't make uh, opponents uh, be real happy or excited because, you know, we know what Robin did and how he played. And I mean, he was he was assertive and aggressive. Dustin Wolf, he's a top end goaltender. The problem for Dustin is there's a guy that's a top end goaltender playing in front of him in Spencer Knight. So I, I don't know how much Dustin's going to get into the net, but. Don't let it uh, deter you, Calgary Flames fans. He, he He's a terrific, terrific prospect. Yeah, that's going to uh, – it's always tough when there's that uh, top-level guy that's, uh, you know, has the draft pedigree a little bit ahead of you, but uh, you never know what happens during the tournament. Now, where the tournament is being played, Oiler fans would love to be in the building watching some of their prospects live. That's not going to be the case, so they'll watch it on TV like the rest of us. They know what Philip Roberg can do. They're just more excited about seeing him. I think they're going to be really pleasantly surprised and, and know why the Oilers were so excited to draft Dylan Holloway during this tournament. Yeah, both those players. I mean, this is this is Philip's third tournament, and he's the captain of Team Sweden. It's his second year in the SHL. You know, Ken Holland has continuously talked about he wants players that are overripe uh, before coming to the NHL. You know, just in recent days, he's talked about, I, I don't want to just give players positions based on potential. He goes, I want them to compete for a spot. And, you know, the, the, and part of being able to compete for a spot is being able to progress in your game. And Philip has done that, and he will continue to do that. I expect him to be a real, real key player for Sweden and, and you know, a real important defenseman, you know, amongst all defensemen in this tournament. He, he's an outstanding skater. And keep in mind, he had a little taste uh, being in the bubble with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that can help him as well. Dylan Holloway, I mean, all I can tell you this about Dylan. Like, I, I don't care how the game is played. I don't care where it's played. I don't, I don't care who it's being played against. Dylan is going to be able to play in it. 
And from a skill, a power, a checking, a tight game, a, a tactical game, Dylan can play all of those all of those ways. And he's powerful. He's assertive. He's competitive, and he plays the game with, with a real initiative uh, to to make a difference. And tell you what, he does make a difference, and he finds ways to make a difference. He he's not here to fiddle with the dials. He's here to to do whatever he can to help the team win, and I I, I expect Dylan to be a, a real strong player for a very strong team, Canada. Indeed. How about Vancouver Canuck fans? Uh, what do they have to be excited about in this tournament, Craig? Well, I mean, Vasily Podkolz in his third tournament, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he had his, uh, you know, I wouldn't say his coming out party because he had played the year before as a sixteen-year-old. As you know, people knew about him, but. Uh, you know, Vasily played in Edmonton during the Helenka Gretzky in 2018, and he's a, he's another player like like Dylan Holloway. Just let's drop the puck and let's play. And you know, when the game ends, I, I know this is that Vasily will have done everything he possibly could have done to help his team end up on the right side of the score. Good players love playing with him. Because he does so many things in the, over the course of a game and in the course of a shift that help other players get the benefits of that work. You know, he's not going to be a high-end offensive producer in the NHL. But when you look around him and you see those other high-end offensive players and you see a team being successful, there's going to be a common denominator. And it's going to be Vasily Podkolzin, in my view. And there's so many similarities that I see in his approach to the game that I got to watch up close with Yerry Lettinen for years. Mm-hmm. And Yerry Lettinen in Dallas fixed everything. He was your handyman. He, 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 could, he could do anything. He, could, he, could, he was like McIver. You know, <laughs> whatever the problem was, he, he could fix it and he could find a solution. And it just gave everybody a sense of comfort when, when Yerry was out on the ice or whoever he was playing with. I think Vasily has, the, has very similar qualities. And you look at the high-end talent in Vancouver – I think he'll fit in seamlessly there, and I think you'll hear in years to come. Players will love playing with Vasily Podgolza. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline, and scouting is a huge part of the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. It's the lifeblood. All free agents, all players, all prospects, they go through a scout, so you need to get in the game where you own the game and start putting your scouting talent to good use. Plus, there's expansion. There is going to be a UFAHL. Yes, we are expanding to the American Hockey League. All teams have been sold. It is certainly the next big thing when it comes to fantasy. Get in the game where you own the game. Hit them up on Twitter at UFF Sports or check them out online at UFFSports.com. And, uh, Craig, I told you uh, earlier, well, first of all, we've got the beautiful Duckman's Domination logo behind me on the uh, jersey, so you know things are getting real as we get set to return to play. But I told you, everybody's asking me for Dante Fabro of the Nashville Predators, and, you know, I, I, I took some of the deals to you a little bit, and you were wholeheartedly, don't trade this guy. I'm of the belief that you should never trade young, skilled Nashville defensemen. What about you? Well, hey, listen, Dante is one of those very good uh, young defensemen. And, you know, like, you know, Dante is, I've watched Dante since he was 14 years old. And, you know, you, you first start to hear about a player and you watch him and you, you, you try to assess his game. And, and, and what you really appreciate as time goes on, he, he, he just, he, he plays, he plays at a high level. He, he just, he's methodical in the way he goes about his approach. He's smart. Uh, you know, there's no end-to-end rushes. But 
another player that you're just so happy to have on the ice because the right things are going to happen and good things are going to happen because he makes good things happen with his brain and with the skating and his puck skills and his decision-making. He's just so good. And, you know, and, 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 and Dean, as we talk about, uh, you know, UFF uh, scouting, uh, you know, one of the big things is, is scouting is not static. You have to be watching continuously over time. And every time you go and watch them, you're getting more nuggets of information. And so the reason people are phoning you, trying to uh, pry Dante Fabro away from you, it's no different than what happens in the NHL. Oh, would you be willing to trade this guy? Would you yeah. be willing to trade that guy? It's because they're watching. And, you know, it, it's not about what happened two years ago or a year ago. They're watching. They go, oh, that, that player could help my team. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, when I was a GM in Calgary, I, I got a call one day uh, from a GM. And G- GMs, you know, are always trying to, uh, you know, find a way to, to benefit themselves and, you know, make sure they can do it at, uh, at, at your cost. Well, I had a call from a GM one day, and he was going on and on and on. He, was, he, he tried to propose uh, a trade for Robin Regeer, and it, it was ridiculous. And uh, uh, as I'm listening there, I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, I got a choice here. I can, I can, you know, lay the, you know, put the gavel down, or I can just kind of go away meekly. And so when he proposed the trade, I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, today is your lucky day. He goes, what do you mean? I said, we just talked about, we just had a long meeting. We were just talking about what could be the dumbest thing we could possibly do today. And you phoned with this proposal. So there it is. Thank you very much. And he goes, what's that supposed to mean? I said, exactly what I said. You know what? Dumb proposal. You want to be serious about talking? Oh, you don't like my player? I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't like your player. So don't phone me with such a ridiculous proposal. So, yeah. Dean, everybody's trying to take advantage. You just got to be on top of it. Yeah, yeah. The one player we got offered, I know you do like uh, Brendan Brisson, but uh, there would have been have to have been a bigger package in that. And, and I am like, listen, you and I have talked about you should never go into the draft with hard and fast rules, and you should never uh, label every player. Like, all, I'll listen to every offer. No player is untradeable. There are players that I probably am not going to trade, but if you don't listen to an offer, you never know when that million-dollar offer is going to come in and whether the other GM is making a mistake or not. You have to. I think you're, it, it's prudent, whether you're in the NHL or in the UFHL, listen to the offers. You can laugh at them, but at least listen to the offers because you never know when you might be missing out. No, you're right, but 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 something that gets proposed in one in one uh, particular conversation, he, even that GM, he, like he he mentioned a player that he would be willing to trade. So you know, at least you have some interest. Oh, okay, so he's open to trading mm-hmm. that player. It's it, it's knowledge, right? Well, I, I'll share a story with you and and with the with the late Pierre Lacroix, who sadly passed away uh, just recently due to COVID nineteen. It really is sad because I knew Pierre for a long time first as an agent and obviously as a GM and a very successful GM. Uh, to me, he's a Hall of Famer and he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He should have been in by now. But he phoned me one time. It was, I, I clearly remember it was February of 2002. And he phoned me and he asked me about Derek Morris and would I trade Derek Morris? I said, ah, Pierre, you know what? I'm not looking to trade Derek Morris. He goes, well, let, let's just talk here. If, we're gonna tr- if you were going to trade him, you know, what would you want from my team? 
I said, well, if I'm talking about trading the top notch, you know, right shot defenseman, I, I would need somebody of equal quality, uh, you know, either on the blue line, but it looks like you're trying to build your blue line. So I would need a forward. He goes, well, who would you be thinking? I said, Chris Drury. He goes, oh, Craig, I can't hmm. trade Chris Drury. I said, well, Pierre, I can't trade Derek Morris. <laughs> so this dance, I'll tell you what, this dance went on. We had lunch together at different points in time. He phoned me on a September afternoon during training camp. He said, okay, we've talked a lot. I've talked about Derek Morris. You've talked about Chris Drury. If I tell you right now that I'm prepared to trade Chris Drury and discuss a trade for Derek Morris, can we can are you serious? I said, Pierre, what I told you in February applies now. We had the deal done in forty eight hours. Hmm. Amazing. But he eh? tried. He tried. Well, he tried. He tried. He tried to give me a package of players, and you know. And the other thing too, GMs are really, really good at this. You know, they try to get your feel about a player. So, like, somebody will phone you and go, "What do you think of Dean Millard?" <laughs> you know. What you know? What do you think of this guy? Like, uh, what do you think? I, like, you know. And so, and a lot of times, I go, "No." I used to tell GMs, "Why would I tell you what I think of that?" Player? Right, right. Why am I going to give you my assessment of a player, wh whether it's your player? But I'm not going to tell you where it's at. Like, you know. So, you know. So, but they're always trying to. Everybody's trying to mine information to try to find a way to better their team, and that's the way it should be. That's right, and and it's amazing how it just proves how you know a, a trade might start in February and end in September. I mean, there, how many trades did you work on that never worked out? But mo a lot of the trades, they don't just happen in a day, right? Like these are trades in the NHL that GMs are talking for long times and then maybe they, they revisit it later. Like very rarely does a trade just happen out of thin air. I'm, I'm imagining, Craig. Well, it doesn't. But what happens out of thin air is, and especially in today's world with social media and the, and the way information moves, right? You know, a comment gets made like, oh, this player, oh, he didn't play last night or he didn't play very much or he got pushed down to the fourth line. And there's, oh, Craig, uh, would you be, uh, you think I'd be interested <laughs> in Dean Millard? Like, I yeah. mean, listen, he didn't play 18 minutes last night. He played 14. I'm not worried. I'm not sure. But again, you know, you're always trying to pry. You're always mm -hmm. trying to pry for information. See how far you can crack open that door, you know? Mm. I've uh, I've received some good uh, education from you today that I'm going to take into future negotiations, so I like that. All right, let's circle back uh, to the World Juniors quickly, and uh, let's talk about, you know, you, you mentioned some really skilled players from Russia as well, uh, but there's, there's one guy that I think there's going to be a lot of focus on, and, and that's in goal. Do you think... Do you think Yaroslav Askarov, um, I, I want to ask you about maybe certain players that have a chance to be the best player of the tournament. Is this a guy who you think could be named the best player of the tournament when all is said and done and lead Russia to a title? Well, I, I think he can definitely be the best goaltender in the tournament. Mm -hmm. He's going to have some competition, though, because, you know, uh, Hugo Anafalt, who plays with, fin uh, with Sweden, and Jesper Wallstad, a, a top prospect for the 2021 draft. I, I did mention him earlier. That's my mistake. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Spencer Knight. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, these are top quality goaltenders. But when you when we discuss Yaroslav, there's no question. I mean, last year at the tournament, I watched him practice. He understood what what was happening and what he needed to do better. All I do is is look at his resume. That's all I do, Dean. I look at his resume. I've watched him for years and it's just dotted 
with just success after success after success. So uh, what I would say is I'm not betting against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, okay, I want to ask you about the Canadian team. And, there, you know, there's a number of guys who could vie for uh, the best player in the tournament, and, and some of them will. What have you thought of Quinton Byfield uh, during this tournament? I, I know uh, Mark Masters uh, had a story the other day, and I know Jeff Jackson came out uh, when the camp was coming on early on. But the way I look at it is this is the best players in Canada of this age group. There's going to be speculation before they get off the bus anytime. But, you know, what do you think about Byfield and, and where he fits in among this Canadian team. Well, you, you make a. You, I mean, I think the assessment you just went through is. I mean, it's a deep, deep team, and you, you know, there's very talented players here, and Quentin is, is is one of them. There's no question; he's a talented, gifted player. But he turned 18 in August, and you know, one of the things, and you know, watching him play, and I've watched him play for a long time. But you know, at, when the pause happened. Uh, you know, Quentin went to work like like he always does. He went to work on on becoming stronger and you know trying to make sure that he gave himself every opportunity to be uh, you know in the best position possible to compete for a spot in training camp. Nobody knew when training camp was going to start, but it doesn't mean you delay your start, uh, your your training. And Quentin didn't. But at the same time, you know you're not playing and. You know, I believe he added on, Jeff Jackson told me, I think it was 13 pounds. And, mm. you know, so you haven't played and, and now you're growing and you, you you put on 13 pounds, you know, as you're in your quest to get stronger and whatnot. Now you come to a, to a camp and not only do you come to a camp, but you're, you're coming to a camp and you're delayed by two days where everybody ha- has, a, has a little bit of a head start on you. Well, now you're not accustomed to carrying that weight yet. You haven't grown acclimated to carrying that, 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 that new weight, I'll call it. And it's not bad weight. It's just new weight that you have to become accustomed to. And it was uh, straightforward. It was noticeable right from the get-go watching Quinton that he was a half a step behind. And he was a half a step behind as he was adjusting uh, to the pace, to the fact that other players had been out there for a couple of days, and, and to the fact that he's now trying to move 13 more pounds around on that big frame of his. But just because you're, you're at a stage of your development where you're, you're adjusting to, to different things doesn't mean you're not still a good prospect. And, you know, the, you know, the fact of the matter was is that Quinton is never going to cheat you on determination or effort or competitiveness, but he, he, he was trying to find his way, and, and, and it was noticeable that he was trying to find his way. Well, now he's had the benefit of a lot of time to, mm-hmm. to find his way. I mean, I've watched practice here in, in, in the Edmonton bubble, and, you know, you can see that Quinton is getting more comfortable moving around the ice, and, you know, once he, once he gets to that point where he can do the things that he's accustomed to doing and that he wants to do, because Quentin is not a bystander. He's not a, somebody who's going to sit there and, and watch how they, he wants to be invested and will be invested. But, but, but again, like, I, like I see progress in him, and I, I, I would have, the only thing that would have surprised me is if I didn't see progress mm-hmm. and I had no doubt that I would. And I have. All right, quickly, let's wrap up with uh, Atu Ratty not being on Finland's team. What was your reaction to that? Don't get it. And I've had different explanations made to me and I still don't get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, I, I find uh, Finnish hockey steady, stable, competitive. Uh, you know, they know exactly what they're trying to do. Now, I will qualify this. There was no issues with 
not too ratty with respect to attitude or off ice or anything like that. I want to clear that up right here, right now, right? But, you know, he, he was in the SM League at the beginning. He didn't score as much as, as they thought he should have, and I'm certainly probably not as much as he wanted to. And so, you know, you could see that his offensive confidence was lacking, but he's, he's an excellent skater. He's, he's smart. He makes things happen in different ways. But somewhere along the line, the coaching staff decided that he's not scoring. He, therefore, he can't help us. We want somebody else to play in those roles, uh, you know, in the checking or penalty killing roles. And, and that's what confused me because then he goes down to the, to the junior league, gets his offensive confidence back, starts scoring, starts doing the things you're expected to do. And last year at the tournament, he was a good player. Mm -hmm. So really what I'm going to tell you, Dean, I don't get it. And I don't think I'm ever going to get it. I think, you know, I, I hope that Finland doesn't run into a problem like they did in, uh, in Montreal where they had to fire the coach. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case. But at times, you start to scratch your head and go, you know what? You're creating your own problems here. <laughs> I was just going to bring up that scenario. Man, that was a weird yeah. one. Uh, Craig, this has been so much fun. Uh, I can't wait for the preview show on TSN on Christmas Eve. The tournament gets going on Christmas Day. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you in 2021 when we're recapping the tournament and looking forward to the 2021 draft. Thanks as always, Craig. Yeah, you're welcome, Ian. One other thing I'm going to say to you, and, mm -hmm. and we're not looking back at 2020. We're looking ahead to 2021. We're going to get rid of this 2020 and just be done with it. And, you know, all the best to you and Trish uh, this holiday season. Uh, uh, you know, we're gonna, it's going to be different with our family and our friends and our loved ones, right? But, you know, share it in the manner because it, it's the spirit that, that counts. And uh, love doing this with you, Dean, and all the best to you. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. stuff as usual uh, from Craig Button love the passion love the stories love the knowledge and uh, you'll love him on the broadcast uh, with TSN during the World Junior Championship as mentioned they'll have their preview show coming out on December 24th that's Christmas Eve and it's just a few days away we're uh, Canada has a couple of pre-tournament games, so we had to get those in before uh, record with Craig before he got to that. And uh, man, uh, I'm really excited about the World Juniors. Excited about uh, seeing, you know, he mentioned Jesper Wallstadt. He's a he's a guy on Duckman's domination in the UFHL. Uh, Connor Zeri as well. So that's the great thing um, with the with the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. You get these players. That your you know your prospects. Some fantasy leagues, uh, you know, have like you know one of my leagues has like a couple of rookie spots. We got a twenty-seven player protected list in this league, and we've got the AHL coming. It's so cool. I got outbid twice by AHL teams. That's how popular this platform is getting. Um, there was a uh, just a crazy amount of uh, franchises sold in the last little while for big bucks. So. Get in the game at UFF Sports, and you own the game. You literally own these assets, these digital assets. And so you heard Craig a little bit there 
I, I, by the way, I asked him after the interview who the GM was. He wouldn't tell me, unfortunately. But he's got so many great stories. And we will be doing Craig's Council midway through the season and then at the end of the season. And that's where Craig's going to give you some scouting tips, what to look for, what he looks for, um, you know, different things, plus some stories, whether they're scouting or on the GM side. He's got so many of them. So we'll be doing that halfway through the season and at the end of the season as well. But if you would like to be involved in that, just hit me up with an email tracking the draft at gmail.com we had some really good ones last time we've had some other ones come in filter in throughout the uh, week so if you have a question for craig uh send us an email tracking the draft at gmail.com you know even if you have a question about a particular prospect i can save that for when we're doing that prospect and and throw them at him so feel free to hit me up on twitter at duck millard or uh, get us through email tracking the draft at gmail.com All right, that is going to wrap things up for us on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. Uh, Click subscribe, the little uh, bell on YouTube, and it'll tell you whenever there's a new episode. And uh, click subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Always open to constructive criticism. If you would like to be a part of the show as a partner or an advertiser, hit me up through email, trackingthedraft.com at gmail.com that means it's time for me to say goodbye big thanks to Craig Button uh, for joining me as mentioned you'll be able to uh, watch and listen to him during the World Junior Championships on TSN thank you so much to you uh, the listener, the viewer uh, for your feedback and your interest in this show and the 2021 draft and of course thank you to Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Duckman's Domination, once again, I love it. I love this league. I love their support with this show. And Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Have yourself an excellent Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Please do it safely and responsibly. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021.